Okay, just a couple of things to get us on, get us thinking this morning. Tell me, why do people like boasting about themselves and their accomplishments? How many of you have had those conversations like that? I can recall when my kids were babies, toddlers, there was always that mum at toddlers uh, whose child was fully out of nappies. They'd already got all their GCSEs and had been offered a place at Oxford. Yeah. Their kid was brilliant. Was I impressed? No, not really. I'm more interested in what my kids do than other people's, but there we are. Or when I was at work, you could guarantee that whatever, whatever small achievement that I'd made, there was someone else who'd already been there and done it. Not only that, but they did it 10 times better than I did. Why? Why do people do it? Why, why do they like to brag and to boast about their achievements? Why? Why is it so hard to be humble? What, what are the characteristics of a humble person? Well, to be honest, I think we've just heard exactly like one who's exactly like that, haven't we, in that reading? Who was John the Baptist? He appeared like a rather strange person who came from the wilderness preaching repentance. He was dressed in camel's hair and he survived on a diet of honey and locusts. John was the beginning of the good news about Jesus. Yet his message of good news seemed as strange as the clothes he was wearing. To some people it seemed really strange because the good news involved making changes, repenting of your sins. And that was good news for some people, but it was bad news for others, for those who were oppressing these people. It was good news to those who suffered pain and anguish but it was bad news for all of those who were inflicted. Again, it was good news for, for the masses in John's day who were waiting, 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 waiting for, for, the, uh, for things to change. They wanted to, to, for, for that uh, Messiah to come. But it was bad news for all of those who wanted life to, carry, life to carry on exactly as it was in the past, as it was as usual. And the gospel, the gospel of Jesus begins with the arrival of John the Baptist, who proclaims the coming of the one who will set Israel free. He's the forerunner. He's the forerunner of the good news. The news about change, about the new beginning, a new start. But John declares that the one who is coming is more powerful than he is. So let's just delve a little bit deeper. Let's just look, go a little bit deeper into this so that we can understand this reading and John's place 
in it. Well, obviously, intrigued by this strange man, the crowd started asking him, well, who are you? And John admitted, he says, I'm not the Christ. And so they asked him again, well then, what, who are you? Are you Elijah? And he said, no, no, I'm not Elijah, not that one. And they said, well, are you a prophet? No, he replied, I'm not a prophet. Then who are you? Who are you? The crowd demanded. And he's, he's, he answered, he said, I'm a voice, a voice crying out in the wilderness. He was clear to point out that he wasn't the Messiah, but that he was only a voice telling them to get ready for the Messiah because he's coming. John said, well, I'm nobody special, but the one who is coming is a somebody, I can tell you that. He was saying, look, I'm only the pointer, I'm the guide, I'm preparing the way, but you need to look to the one who is coming because I'm not even worthy to untie the shoelaces. Look to him. Remind me, what, what is the work of a prophet? What does a prophet do? Well, the prophet speaks God's message. Normally, when we read prophetic words, it normally says something like, thus said the Lord. Well, God sent John to prepare the way for Jesus. And though in verse 21, he actually claims, he says that he's not a prophet. A prophet speaks God's message, which is relevant. It's truthful. And it's one that most people are very unwilling to receive. I, I suppose, to be honest with you, I suppose there's not many of us who like to have our points faulted out. Uh, we don't like to have our faults shown, do we? We don't like that. We're not particularly fond of other people telling us what's wrong with us. And a prophet is open, he's frank, he's bold, he's honest. And to be honest, that is more than most people can bear to hear. After all, nobody likes to be reminded or that we are responsible for the consequences of our actions. Remember, we have ears to hear, yet we do not hear. We have eyes to see, but we don't see. A couple of weeks ago, when I preached about sheep and goats, I used those very words. Sheep and goats, which one are we? Because Jesus, he identifies with us. He identifies with our human needs. And th there's, a a, there's a unique um, bond between Elizabeth and Mary. So 
Elizabeth, they were cousins, and Elizabeth was John the Baptist's mother. So yes, they are related. But why was John, what, sorry, why was Jesus baptized by John? Why? He didn't have any sins. We're told he was pure. We're told that, aren't we? We're told he was without sin. He didn't need to repent of his sins. But I think it's this. It's because Jesus wanted to identify with us. He wanted to be on our level. Yes, he's with the poor. He's with the needy. He's with the homeless. He's with the sick and the grieving, the lonely and the desperate people of this world. Before I finish this morning, I just want you to spend a moment to think about how can you be a voice for Jesus? How can you point others to him? I probably spend far too much time on social media and I came across this the other day and it touched me. When a torch grows dim or stops working, do you just throw it away? Of course not. You change the battery. When a person messes up, or finds themselves in a dark place, do you cast them aside? Well, of course not. You help them change their batteries. Some need AA, attention and affection. Sorry, that's my phone. Um, some people need triple A, 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 attention, affection, and acceptance. Some need C, compassion. Some need D, direction. And if they still don't shine, just sit with them quietly and share your light. The message of Advent is one of hope 
hope because it reminds us that we're not alone. The word Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is that true light. He's the light that gives light to every single person. His light shines through our despair and our heavy-heartedness. Tell me, who do you know whose spiritual light has grown faint? This year, my own friends and family have been through some very tough times. Maybe it's a couple who are trying for a baby. Happened to two of my friends, to their, their children, or sons and daughters. Or those who don't have jobs. That's happened to a few of my friends. To those who are desperately trying to provide for their families. Maybe it's a single mother raising her children alone. Or maybe it's an older person who's worried about their failing health. What about you? What about your own circumstances? Maybe you feel let down by people you trusted. Yeah, that's happened to me as well. Amid all of our brokenness, Jesus brings us comfort because his healing, his healing presence is here. Have, have you ever been away from the city lights? And you've been out in the countryside somewhere and you look up at the sky. You've got no light pollution, have you? And it's amazing, isn't it, how clear and bright the stars shine. The stars in the night sky look down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. That's the light that came into the world. Spend some time in a quiet place, to be still, silently reflecting and pray. Jesus, God's only Son, came into the world to show us how to love one another and his gospel is peace. 
Amen.